Hello. Hi, guys. So glad y'all are here listening to the Through Jordan podcast. Welcome. We are really looking forward to today's episode because we're going to spend it answering questions on dating. These are questions we've received from teenagers, college students, young adults, all, all on dating. And we thought it'd be a good time to spend a little bit of time going over answers for each of these questions. Before we dive into that, I want to start by saying John chapter 10 Jesus tells his disciples, he is the shepherd and those who follow him are sheep. In John chapter 10, verse four, he says, when he, the shepherd, Jesus, has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. And what I want to say before me and Kelsey share our opinion or our wisdom or what knowledge the Lord has blessed us with is I want to establish the foundation that Kelsey and I are sheep. Yes. And we are following in the dust of our rabbi as wholeheartedly and fervently as we can. We're obviously doing our best to meditate on his laws day and night and follow in step with the spirit as closely as possible. Mm -hmm. However, at the end of the day, we are still sheep. Oftentimes we put other people on pedestals. And so we follow what the pastor says and what his word is the end all be all, or we follow what the podcaster says and their word is the end all be all or the author or, or the coach or the youth minister or whatever. And those people you know, may have it right. But at the end of the day, we are all still sheep. And so what we will say is whatever answer that Kelsey or I provide to these questions, remember the end all be all is Jesus and his authority is overall. And what he has to say is much more valuable than two people that are just trying really hard to follow him. God has equipped us and blessed us and called us to go and encourage people in their relationships and in their singleness and in their marriages. But he is the one doing this. And so we can't do anything without him and any goodness that comes is all glory to him and the kingdom and we are like you said just sheep there are things that we don't get right there are things that are specific to our experience and not beneficial for other people's experiences and so yes we're going to try to use scripture to base all of our perspective off of and we're going to try to lean into Jesus and lean into the Holy Spirit for him to teach us and help us as we as we answer questions like this but no, we are not the end-all, be-all when it comes to relationships. All right. So that being said, let's dive right into some of these questions and, and just see what comes up. The first question is, is a long-distance relationship good or bad? I don't love thinking of things in terms of good or bad. Yes. I prefer the verbiage healthy, unhealthy, holy, unholy. And with those things in mind, I don't really have a clear-cut answer. I wouldn't say that long distance is necessarily healthy or unhealthy, holy or unholy. I do think it depends a lot on the two people that are in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Because for one person, quality time may be their top priority love language and long distance is difficult for people who are quality time people. If you're not familiar with the love languages, it is a book written by Gary Chapman and there's five love languages, quality time, physical touch, words of affirmation, gifts, and acts of service. For Drew and I, whenever we were dating, we spent two summers in a row apart from each other. And that was difficult on us just in terms of like, it is so hard to feel loved when I'm not getting to spend any time with you. Yes. And so that's what was difficult for me in our long distance seasons. What would you say about long distance? 
I mean, on that, for some people, it may not be a big deal at all because quality time isn't a super high priority for them. Maybe their top love languages are acts of service or words of affirmation or gifts. And so you can kind of get around that by pouring into other sides of your love for one another. Mm -hmm. I think love languages, yes, it, it depends, but also it depends on the length of time, like long distance. Okay, for what? A summer? For an entire year? So true. I mean, people in the military make long distance work all the time. Yeah. And then at the same time, people in the military also do not make long distance work all the time. Yeah. And, and so I think it depends on the, the certain person, like you're saying. Yeah. And I think it depends on each person's relationship with the Lord. Are you spending quality time with the Lord or is he long distance? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you have that quality, solid foundation for your relationship, like that's really where everything begins and ends is you and your relationship with God. And then out of that, that's what you bring into your relationship. So I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing or an unhealthy thing or an unholy thing to be long distance in a relationship, but I do think it is wise to pay attention to the things that we talked about. Another thing I might also throw in to consider is that relationships were not meant or designed to be long distance for an extended period of time. Like Mm -hmm. the Lord created us to dwell with each other in community, which requires physical presence. And so I think if long distance occurs for a season or a temporary period, okay, we'll make it work. But if it's permanent or for a really long stretch of time, I do think there is a level of going against what we were created to do. Even in military, for instance, a deployment is a season. Or people who work on oil rigs, that's a season. Or people who are frequently away for business trips. You know, those are small little seasons at weekends here or weeks or months, but but it depends on the individual and especially each person's relationship with the Lord. What if you ask the next question? Okay. The next question is, how do you start the hard conversations? I think you start them intentionally. I like that. That's what we do. Yeah. Whenever you have something serious, whether it's positive, negative, heavy, like whatever kind of serious that entails, both of us will say, hey, I want to have a serious conversation with you. And if one of us is busy, we'll say, hey, let me know when you're done because I want to sit down and have your undivided attention. Mm -hmm. Or if we're on the road talking about something simple, we'll say, okay, and we kind of set the groundwork and lay some boundaries and, and let the other person know, hey, what we're about to discuss is important to me. So I need you to come here with me. Some of the phrases we'll say, like what you said, might be, can we talk about something that's hard for me to talk about? Or I remember whenever we were uh, early in dating, we learned about I statements. I studied psychology. You studied psychology for a little bit. And so that was a, a thing that we learned was I statements. And so what we began saying in our dating relationship was, hey, I have an I statement for you. And so I statements are a way in which you can get your feelings across to somebody without pointing a finger at them. Yeah. So For example, an I statement is, I feel blank whenever blank because blank. So I feel stressed whenever you don't call me because I don't know if you made it home safely. Like back when we were dating, maybe I would say an I statement like that. And that tells him that I'm feeling stressed about a situation, but it's not me saying like, well, you never call. And so it freaks me out and I hate it because it makes me feel like you don't love me. Like (laughs) without it getting so out of control and so escalated, this is a way that you can communicate effectively. And you can also use them for positive things too. So one that I might have said and probably did say at some point while we were dating 
was it makes me feel close to you when we go on walks together because we have really deep conversation and it's natural. Yeah. Yeah. So I statements are a really helpful tool and especially for something like starting a hard conversation or for just getting your feelings across in an authentic way uh, can be, can, they can be a really helpful tool. Yeah. So try an I statement out to let the person you care about know, Hey, I want to have a serious conversation with you. Also, like you already mentioned, location can help with hard conversations. For example, for us, this may not be true for everyone, but for us, a lot of times our best navigated hard conversations happened in the car yeah. on a road trip where we had <laughs> two hours on the drive. And that happens less, I feel like, when you're dating. Um, but it's something that we still do well even now into marriage is anytime we know we're going to get to be in a car together or we'll intentionally get in a car together go get a sonic drink, drive around and have this difficult conversation um, because we can't just get out of the car. We can't, but you also don't necessarily have to make eye contact or... Because sometimes eye contact is difficult in hard conversations. And if you're both looking at the road, it takes that away. Yes. And not even just like, oh, well, eye contact means you're being vulnerable. But like eye contact can sometimes be misinterpreted. Like yeah. I might have a look on my face that I'm stressed about something that I've caused Drew, but he might read it as some kind of attack on him or, or vice versa. And so just eliminate that <laughs> right from the start by being in an environment where you're not necessarily having to do that. The other thing about how to start a hard conversation is beneficial to be in person. Oh my goodness. I mean, how <laughs> we've done youth ministry for many years. We're in this relationship ministry now. And one of the most common trends we hear is young people, whether they're teenagers or college <sighs> students, trying to have hard conversation over text or, or, snap, or, or snap, which yeah. I would think is, is even less personal. But it's so hard to have a deep conversation of love and respect. When you can't see the other person's face, you can't hear the inflection of their voice. It's just so much more beneficial. Just drive to them, just FaceTime them, try to have it in person if possible. So to recap, if we're talking about dating, how to have a hard conversation, first of all, be intentional with it. Second of all, I statements. I statements are helpful. Location matters. And in person matters. Yeah. And with anything, if you're about to have a hard conversation, Always pray, Yes. whether you pray with pray the person or not, um, pray about it at least silently. And, and that's never a bad move. And maybe a final note on that, how to, how to have the hard conversation. Um, there are times in which that it seems like I don't want to have this hard conversation because they're going to get so upset. And mm. then you have the hard conversation and they don't at all get upset. And in fact, they're appreciative that you came to them with something that was difficult for you to talk about. That's a sign that something healthy is happening. Now, on the reverse of that, if you have the hard conversation and it is just completely not received well and you've done everything in your power to be full of peace and kindness and compassion and gentleness and humility and it's not received well and it's brushed off as if it doesn't matter or if there's a gaslighting moment or if there's some kind of blow up of anger or attack, that's maybe an indication that the relationship you're in is not the healthiest. Whether that be romantic or not. It mm -hmm. could just be your best friend or it could be an acquaintance or... A coworker or whatever. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, Kelsey. You want to ask the next one? Okay, Kelsey. How can I tell the difference between someone who will help me grow closer to Christ and someone who will lead me farther away from Christ? Yeah. Okay. What comes to mind is Galatians 5. Um, let me start in verse 19. 
The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Okay, so boil that down. Help that make sense for someone who's like, that was a lot of scripture. Yeah, a lot of scripture. But if we're trying to discern between someone who's going to lead me towards the Lord or someone who's going to lead me away, pay attention to the fruit. Hmm. Does the fruit of this person... It'll read loud and clear if it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are the things that speak to drawing you closer to the Lord and not the, oh, they're making a good first impression because it's the first date or the first month of dating. So everyone's on their best behavior. Yeah. No, no, no. (laughs) Like, is this consistent with their character and not just how they treat you, but how they also treat their friends and how they treat their younger sibling and how they treat their teammates and how they treat their parents and how they treat. Yes. So if it's not the fruits of the spirit, it's a fruit of something else. Mm. And it's probably more in line with the, th- the first part of that scripture, the acts of sinful nature, the acts of the desires of the flesh. And everyone is redeemable, <laughs> but it's not necessarily our job to redeem them by dating them. <laughs> yeah. We hear that all the time. Like, oh, I want to help change them. I just want to, I, I want to help them grow closer to Jesus. And we're like, that's awesome. Pray for them. <laughs> you don't have to date them. Yeah, pray for them. Pray pray the blood of Jesus over their over their heart and soul and mind. Like that will do so much more for them and for the kingdom and for your own heart and soul oh. than it will to date them because I feel like what's happening when oh, but I can help them become closer to the Lord speaks to if that's if that's my response in the situation, that just speaks to where my heart is actually at and where my desire is actually at. Is mm. well, I just I want this, so I, I want this to happen, mm. and it's a lot less to do with Jesus. Yes, I think another way to look at it is like three camps of people fall in these categories. One is the obvious choice who clearly is leading me closer to Jesus. Their fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And you see that in how they talk to their teacher. And you see that in how they talk to their parents in front of them and behind their back. And you mm-hmm. see that and you, just, you see it. It's everywhere they go. The fruit of the Spirit is with them because they walk in step with the Spirit. And then there's the person who's the complete opposite, mm-hmm. who I, I might be asking this question about, but secretly inside I'm like, man, they're a mess. But they're hot or man, they're a mess, but we've had feelings together because of things we've done together. And now it's hard. And you know, there's conflicting emotions and I know they're not good for me, but I want them to be good for me. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then there's the third camp of people that's kind of like both and neither. Mm. If they're not all the way walking in step with the spirit, even if they're like an okay choice. Are they bad? Nah. Are they good? They've been patient before. (laughs) I saw them be kind to their little sister one Saturday. You know, they're not kind to their coach or they're not kind to their teacher. They're really nice to their puppy. Yeah. If we got to kind of make excuses to make them be in that good camp. We're trying to convince ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so yeah. And then, well, there might be a fourth person, the person who does all the right things, right? Like, 
they go to church. They're in the youth group. They're in my college group at church. But their actual character doesn't reflect anything of Christ. It's just a box for them to check off or it's a way for them to meet people so that they can <laughs> Come on. gratify their own selfish desires. That's, that's how you can discern between the things is actually look to the heart of things. Don't look at outward appearance. Look at, look at the heart. Look at the heart posture. Look at your heart posture and why you're attracted to whoever you're attracted to. Look at the fruit of all of those things, and that will help you in discerning. And like we said, answer to the first question, pray about it. Hello. Ask God, hey, help me discern if this is good or not. Help me see clearly if this is a relationship you want for me. Help me to see this person's true character. Help me to see my own character and my own heart towards relationship. Yeah, just because you met them at church camp doesn't mean they love Jesus. Mm -hmm. And just because they go to church every Sunday doesn't mean they walk in step with the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And I think another thing I would add to that is if you don't know, especially after hearing wise counsel from people like us that you may or may not know, what I would recommend is going to talk to a trusted mentor in your community who knows you well and hopefully knows the other person well. They know your heart. They know where you want to go. And I would go and ask them for wise counsel because they are closer to the situation than these two random people on a podcast are. Yeah. If you are in high school or college especially, but really, this is for all humans, mm -hmm. it's helpful if we have a handful of trusted people, not necessarily just friends, but people who care about us, like you, you're saying, that can pour into us spiritually, mentally, emotionally, whether that's a therapist, you know, minister, coach, teacher, whatever. It's so beneficial for us to have those people before you get to answering this question of how do I discern between who I should date? Maybe do a quick scan and be like, okay, do I have a handful of people that I can go to that I can, that I can be mentored on in this area? That could be really beneficial. And if you don't, man, I encourage, we encourage you to be bold and go find some yeah. and not like go wait for some, but go find someone who looks like Jesus and just ask them, Hey, would you be comfortable being a mentor for me? If I'm someone in my 30s or 40s and a teenager or college student comes up to me and asks me that or texts me that, 100% of the time I'm going to be at least, yeah, I would be happy to go get a coffee with you. Mm -hmm. Okay, last question. Isn't really a question, but it's just a request for us to share a tip for those who are new to dating or a newly dating couple. What is, what is one of your best tips that you might have for such a person? Oh, man. Can we go deep first and then kind of go lighthearted after that? Sure. I think the biggest tip is consistently remember the person you are on a date with is a child of the Most High King. Let's go there. Tell me more. What? Because someone hears this on a podcast. Oh, the child of the Most High King. Sure. Great. Got it. Good. No, no, no. Like, what does it mean to be a son of the creator of the universe? What does it mean to be the daughter of the king of kings? Mm. I have been a teenage boy and I have been a college boy and I was a believer of Jesus Christ in my teenage years and in my college years. I treated women with respect. You know, I, I did all of the Christian boy things that you would expect a Christian boy to do on a date, but very rarely was I considering this is a daughter of the king. Most of the time I was considering oh, she thinks I'm cute and I'm really attracted to her <laughs> and the butterflies and I hope we have good conversation and maybe we'll kiss and like, I can't wait to hold hands unless, man, this is a precious soul. This is a daughter that was adopted by the creator of the universe, paid for with the blood of his only actual child. Like this person is so precious and valuable to the creator of the universe. So I want to do everything in my power to treat her 
with love and care and respect and gentleness Mm -hmm. and not take advantage of her in any way. I want to make sure the words that I say to her and how I say those words are cloaked with just care and concern, you know? Yeah. And similarly, I feel like that's, that's kind of the headspace I walked in with. Like, I walked into dates having that confidence on my shoulders. And so out of that confidence, I was able to see across the table or, you know, next to me in the driver's seat, whatever. This guy is the son of God. So I know what he's meant to walk like, talk like, look like, act like, treat me like. And out of that, I was able to very easily discern if there was a second date <laughs> mm-hmm. or if it was just like, Oh, he's wonderful, but not my, n- that's not who God has for me. Mm-hmm. But if we're able to keep this in mind of, okay, what's a tip for a newly dating couple? If you're constantly keeping in mind, Hey, this person is a child of the King. It would be weird if it didn't impact how you behaved mm-hmm. and how you talked and how you treated each other. Yeah. Okay, that's kind of the deeper side of this answer. What if we transition to some lighter stuff? Yeah, more more logistical. A tip I have is that a high-quality caliber date doesn't necessarily mean it has to cost someone a lot of money. You can have a meaningful date as a couple without spending money. Some of our favorite dates we've been on cost less than five dollars, mm. and not like I think there's a stigma about oh that's a, you're such a cheap date or whatever, or that it's like looked down on. That's just so silly to me. There, mm. If if something is meaningful, it doesn't necessarily mean it's expensive financially. Sometimes it's expensive in in the quality of connection that's happening and the quality of conversation and the quality of the thought that went behind the plan for the date. That's so good. On that, I think I'll bounce off of that and give another tip. My tip would be to set boundaries early, as early as possible, and all the boundaries. You're talking about finances, and so I would say set financial boundaries early. Mm -hmm. So for birthday, Christmas, Valentine's, have a budget of how much you're going to spend on each other because once you get the feels, it's easy to just spend all the dough in the bank account, and then all of a sudden you're a broke college kid because you just spent all your dough on your girlfriend. Yeah. Um, and, and then also it, it sets weird expectations of like, oh, well, you spent more than me. I don't feel like I just, just set a boundary of, hey, we're going to spend 45 bucks on each other's gifts, you know, things like that. But then also set time boundaries because it's really easy once you start dating and you get the feels to just spend all your time with that person, and then yeah. you don't hang out with your friends anymore. Set physical boundaries boundaries for those who are in Christ Jesus. We know that sexual activity is reserved for the confines of marriage. And so early on, hey, I know it's awkward. I know we just started dating, but this thing can get away from us pretty quickly. And so I just want to set these boundaries. It might be helpful to add on to that emotional boundaries. For example, when they're dating, they expect the other person to just carry all of their junk and trauma. And there is something to, there's something to be said for compassion and there's something to be said for showing up and being a safe space for the other person. But it's an unfair expectation, particularly when dating, to just expect the other person to carry all of your stuff and your junk. And we all have junk. We all have stuff. We all have some kind of trauma or hurt that we've walked through. Yeah. It's unwise for me to just expect the person I'm dating to fix all of that for me because Jesus is the one the only one who can fix that for you. Mm. 
I would say that's not outside the realm of boyfriends don't get husband privileges and girlfriends don't get wife privileges. Just like oftentimes we apply that to sexual stuff, but I think you could also apply that to the emotional. Like that's husband and wife territory where you're holding each other's trauma for them. Like, yes, there is some level of carrying each other's burdens, but also you can't be their therapist. That's not your job. Mm Mm-hmm. Man, I just want to keep on talking about all these things, but we have a time limit for our podcast. (laughs) Yeah, and I feel like we've been going over on our time a little bit. We have been. We need to reel it back. We try to keep it around 30 minutes. Yeah, we've been going over. We really appreciate all of you listeners. We are so grateful that you spend your time with us on Wednesdays or whenever during your week you get the time to listen to this. We just want to let you know that we are so pleased that you send in questions and you want us to talk about things like this we Mm -hmm. hope that these dating things can help of course there's nuance of course there's things we didn't cover but we pray that the holy spirit would intercede and would make things make sense to fit the context that you need to hear when you need to hear it how you need to hear it um yeah if this podcast was helpful do us a favor. One of the best ways you can support the work we do is by copying that link and texting it to someone you care about. And so if this was helpful for you and you think your friend or a loved one might benefit from as well, send them this podcast so that they can receive encouragement as well. Thank you all so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye.